0: Hello there listeners, and uh, just as part of this week's podcast on Seeking Happiness, I want to give a shout out to Erdington Abbey in Birmingham, um, which needs your help. Um, I've said that I would get involved in it because the the church itself has has a deep meaning in my life. My children were both educated at the Abbey School, and their introduction to Catholicism was, was at this school and at the Erdington Abbey Church. So um, being a Catholic, I, uh, I feel that I like to get involved and, and try and get some people to, to help raise some money um, for the church. What's it for? The diocese had architectural experts carry out a survey on the church and they identified a considerable amount of repairs that needed to be done both inside and outside. Um, no significant work had been carried out since the late 70s. The church is over 170 years old and essential maintenance is now urgently needed to protect and preserve the heritage and the future of this church. Um, and obviously being Catholic, um you know i i feel that i should get involved and try and encourage people to raise money uh and raise money myself and donate money so how can you help um you can send checks made payable to erdington abbey parish um please put your address and contact number on the rear of any envelope and indicate that this is for the restoration fund of the Erdington Abbey Church in Birmingham um, or you could send cash in a sealed envelope, clearly labelled Restoration Fund. You can pay by BACS, BACS to sort code 301474, account number 96709152. Uh, or if you're in the fortunate position that you can pay income tax, you can gift aid your donation by completing a gift aid form, um, which you can you can do online. Um, and that will mean 25 pence for every pound that you donate, with no cost to you, will be donated to the Erdington Abbey. Um if you, you can help in any way, uh, you can obviously send uh, an email to the parish at pt.stthomas-stedmund.bham at rcaob.org.uk um, or you can contact the parish priest, who is Father Elias Gueme, uh, on zero seven three seven eight six four eight zero four eight or you can contact him on his email which is father f r dot elias e l i a s dot g w e m G-W-E-M for mother e at r c a o b dot org dot u k um, I'm going to go about the business over the next week of setting up a Kickstarter fund where people can donate um, to to the restoration of Erdington Abbey. I, I I understand it's the roof and some of the interior decoration that needs sorting out. The options are, alternatively, the the council are going to reclaim the church and it will no longer be used as a catholic church which i think is is such a shame father Elias um told us all about it in church today and you know just sort of said about the amount of people that had had significantly used their energies to create that church and keep it catholic um and and if nothing's done if money can't be raised um it will be taken away from the catholic church and uh it will be as i said possibly destroyed which is just uh it's shocking it takes a lot to to move me uh these days there's so much going on in the world uh you become quite hardened to to news reports, especially with what's happened with the COVID crisis and currently going on in Ukraine, it's uh, it's a crazy world we're living in. And I understand that, and heating bills going up. But uh, if if you can donate in any shape or form, please contact Erdington Abbey and make a donation or send a donation to Erdington Abbey in uh, that's on Sutton Road in Birmingham B twenty three six ql quebec lima um and uh it's father elias that's running that uh fundraising charity my understanding is they need to raise somewhere in the region of six hundred thousand pounds which is a lot of money i understand but i i really do feel there's enough catholics out there and enough people that are interested in saving historical buildings that we we can do this. It's, it's it's a distinct possibility. So I'm going to start a Kickstarter fund, which will I will keep you updated on during this uh, during this podcast, um, and through through further social media channels. And uh, hopefully you can donate something to that, or or just send something directly to Erdington Abbey Parish. Um, That would be great. Uh, And that would really help with our whole philosophy on seeking happiness and bring a little bit of happiness to that uh, Catholic community within within the Erdington area and within the Birmingham region. Thanks very much. Um, And I will speak to you very soon on another edition of the Seeking Happiness podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the podcast Seeking Happiness. Uh, And I'm very privileged today to have uh, someone who is a a very good friend now and a very new friend that I've met during my adventures in acting. Um, And her name is Tamsin Cope. So I'm going to ask Tamsin to introduce herself. Are you out there, Tamsin?
1: I am. I am. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me on your show.
0: No problem. Fantastic. I'm really pleased that you've turned up. Not e- not everybody turns up, Tamzin.
1: <laughs> well, it's Sunday night and I'm, and I it's a way to get away from my kids. So thank you for having me. <laughs> I I get a <laughs> I get an hour to myself.
0: <laughs> oh, that's 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 brilliant. Um so just to start us off uh with with our interview today, Tamzin, I just want you to uh So tell us a little bit about your, in fact, what I'm going to start off with, you know, because the listeners straight away can hear that you don't have a British accent. So could you tell us a little bit about where you're from?
1: Yeah, um, I'm originally from uh, San Francisco, California, Um, and I was there, um, well, I was born in San Francisco. It's a bit of a weird story. So I was born in San Francisco, and then when I was about we moved to Mexico city and lived there for five years. And my youngest sister was born there. I'm, I'm one of five. Um, and then, uh, we moved back to San Francisco and then my dad got a job with, um, the Reagan administration. So we moved to Washington, DC. So while I'm a California girl, we did live in, in the district of Columbia for, for 10 years. And then we went back to California um and i stayed there uh i went to university in a different state but um i was in california and that's yeah that's where i'm from and went mostly raised and mostly educated there so
0: how amazing to so you you're one of those uh original people that the beach boys used to sing about california girl
1: absolutely absolutely <laughs> you're, I'm, you're lucky to know me
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know that i know that you you just, I was going to ask you just to to tell us a little bit about your your childhood. You told us a little bit about that, um, and I, I wanted you to, to sort of reflect on because the the podcast is all about seeking happiness and people dealing with problems. I want you to sort of reflect on any problems that you may have had to overcome as a child, or you know, maybe that was your journey to England or why you left. Can you remember any of those?
1: Yeah. Look. Um... I mean, not unlike many people, I was I was horribly bullied as a child. Um, I've always been very large. I'm I'm six foot one, and I've always been a very tall kid. And I was also quite overweight growing up. So um, when we moved, I don't have many memories before we moved to DC. But when we moved to DC, uh, and I started a new school, I was in year two or second grade, and um, I think I cried on the first day of school, and that pretty much ruined any chance of making friends so um I was
0: what can you remember what you you cried over
1: oh you know I think uh, it's quite possible someone made a comment um I I don't remember but I, I I know that I I probably took it personally I was a bit sensitive and and um I think yep. I cried it was a brand new school it was a brand new place I literally had just turned seven um yep. I had my birthday sort of I think the day before school started or a couple of days after and and yeah I just I just cried um as yep. a seven-year-old does and and yeah that was that was it I was labeled um a crybaby and oh, and man. I had I, <laughs> I had I remember one one friend I had. Um, she was amazing. Her name was Sweeney Baton. I still remember her.
0: What a cool we were, name!
1: Yeah, she was really cool, and she was lovely. And we were we were two little peas in a pod. And she had her own issues to deal with. Um, she was one of the few uh, black children in our class, African American, and and um, and she was bullied. by the racist bullying that she received. Was atrocious, um, you know. It was the eighties, so nobody cared, and yeah, um, yeah it was. It, I think we kind of bonded over the fact that I was fat and awkward, and and she, <laughs> sadly, the only thing she had going against her apparently was being black, which is ridiculous because she was gorgeous. I remember beautiful hair and these lovely braids. I was always jealous of, and lovely complexion, and I was just this roly poly, tall, awkward child. So,
0: oh anyway,
1: <laughs> do you, do you, I'm not you, anymore
0: no you, you let me just tell that to the listeners Tamsin <laughs> is not anymore not not that 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 would matter that anyway she's <laughs> a beautiful person That's the thing. She, she is a beautiful person um do you still be keeping touch with sweeney
1: no do you know i um gosh i think when i first started using facebook i think we found each other and we contacted each other and then it disappeared and I, I, I should try again. I mean, that was years ago. So unfortunately, I don't know what's happened to her um, since then. And, and I, you know, in, in thinking about it with you, I kind of wish I do. So yeah. well, I did. So I, it might, might be something to, to dig back into and she, might, see how she's doing.
0: Maybe you can see that that's something um, that might put something positive that might come out of this, uh, this interview. Is just go and go and contact Sweeney, and then we can we can meet up again in a couple of months' time, and we can have a show. Have you found Sweeney? Yeah! Oh my god!
1: Yeah. What a great idea! Okay, right. I'm gonna get on that, Facebook. That, that'd him. be good. I'm that'd gonna be Google be... her.
0: I'm gonna Google her after this. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna <laughs> Google her as well. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably someone super famous.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's probably somewhere in in the states. And just yeah. is this going to go to the states? Then we can. She's going to hear it. And be like, oh god, I'm being stalked.
0: Oh mate, that would that would be amazing though. If she contacted us,
1: would. that would oh be gosh. absolutely okay. amazing. Right. Yeah, that'd be a really po- that, out.
0: that 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 would sum up the the podcast seeking happiness. We'd have we we could we could do that as the final podcast. Then I could close. Yeah. I could wrap up. <laughs>
1: that's right. You can't, I found happiness. That's it. You're done. You found it. It's done.
0: <laughs> That's it. So um, I just want to move on to uh, a few details about your journey leading you uh, to leave your home and country, Tamsin, because obviously, you know, coming to the UK, it's a, it's a big journey. I've spoken to to listeners before about my brother and what well, I've had an interview with my brother and him leaving the UK. Obviously, you coming in the opposite direction. Can you tell us a little bit about your reasons for doing that?
1: Well, um, it actually goes back to be living in Australia. So, um, I, when I left the States, I went to Australia. I didn't, I didn't come here. So wow,
0: what a traveler?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love, we love traveling. It's yeah, it's, it's amazing. I couldn't imagine not traveling. Um, but my, so it kind of goes back to when I was growing up as a kid, my parents actually lived in Australia for five years and my older sister was born there and my older brother's British. Um, so he was born when my parents. We're in London when my dad was getting some training for a different job. So,
0: <laughs> yes. so
1: we're a bit of a a, a worldwide family. But um, didn't so-
0: didn't you say earlier, Tamsin, that you had a sister that was born in Mexico?
1: Yeah. So my younger he, sister's Mexican. Yeah. You've
0: got Mexican, Australian, UK, American, and then another
1: American. Yeah. So that is yeah, so
0: that is wow. That is <laughs> truly that is truly an international family.
1: Yeah, it's great. So. I grew up, so my, when my parents were living in Australia, my grandmother moved to Australia as well. She went, well, she was still married to my grandfather at the time. They, they eventually divorced, but, um, my grandmother used to go back to Australia every year and live there for three months and see friends and, um, play bridge and as you do. And, um, so I grew up with my grandmother every, every January to April through April living in Australia. So we would call her and it would be, you know, the phone calls of, hello, yeah. hello, you know, that pause, you know, so we barely have these conversations because the <laughs> phone lines were so bad. So I think from about the age of 17, I decided, well, I want to live in Australia. But then it was like, well, I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to. And then um, when I was working in the States, uh, I I used to work in production behind the scenes in television and film and and the show I was working on finished uh, finished shooting and was wrapped and was canceled. So I decided to move to Australia at the age of 27 and I've got a four month working visa um, with the intention of getting sponsored. And yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I, I just knew I always wanted to go there
0: yeah uh, i think it weirdly I think- andy yeah
1: no no i was just gonna say weirdly the first day i arrived in australia I was. i never i never felt comfortable in the states like truly comfortable in the states even though i was american and i we got to i got i got to australia i was by myself and i'm um, put my stuff down in the <laughs> in the um oh, backpackers and and walked down to the quay and i remember walking down martin Place. And I got down to the quay and there was the opera house and there was the Harbor bridge. And I burst into tears because Aww. it was the first time I felt like i had come home, which is weird Aww, because man. I'm American. I'd never is,
0: been there. That is amazing. But it
1: was like, it was the most amazing feeling of like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I've been wanting to be. And yes. yeah, it was it a I... moment of happy, true happiness that I hadn't ever felt.
0: I'm, I'm just thinking my, my, the way my brain works. I've already thought of a film title for your life story. An, Amer- <laughs> an American Californian in Australia. It's amazing. <laughs> we've, we've just got to write the scripts now.
1: Yeah, but I don't know who would play me
0: because... You would play well, you, Tamsin. you? I'm
1: too old now. No, no, I'm too old. I, I
0: no, can't play no, a 27-year-old. You'd you look amazing, mate. You, you'd be able to play the young you and the old you.
1: Oh, Andy! Thanks to CGI, you might be right. <laughs>
0: CGI, yeah. The, the, the Disney special, just like the Irishman, they'd be able to uh, be able to take you back down to your youth. And just right. just, just right. because you've mentioned that as well, Tamsin, um, you know, I think that that's a good lead into you know what you're doing now. You know, yeah. you're you you are an actor, um, and you're doing productions. Uh, could you just I'm just gonna take you back a little bit, back to tell the listeners about your work in production in America. So, what what did that involve? What were the shows, and what were you doing?
1: Oh, I worked on some really really bad shows in America. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I I was living in New Orleans, um, after I finished uh, university. Um, and a show came there called The Big Easy, which if anyone remembers, if they're old enough, there was a movie called The Big Easy. There was. Was it Dennis Quaid?
0: It was Dennis and, Quaid. Uh, and I'm just trying yeah. to think of the, the woman that was in Moonlighting with Bruce Willis.
1: Uh, oh.
0: Was it oh, not her? Oh, Was she
1: in was, it? Was the, it not Sybil Shepard? I think
0: Sybil Shepard might have been in The Big Easy. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong
1: don't remember. I remember Dennis Quay and that's about it. And yeah. I remember the premise of the movie. So they they decided to make a TV show out of it. Um, yes. And so I managed to get a a, a PA position on that and, and fell in love with being um, on set. Uh, eventually I ended up in the office and I was a production coordinator. My last job was working on the X-Files, which is the show that was canceled before I moved to Australia. So you will
0: be a legend in England with people just knowing that you worked on that show. They, they love that show <laughs> over here.
1: Oh, I mean, I was I mean, that's the only thing I worked on of any chutzpah, like everything else. I did a really bad Clint Eastwood movie that no one saw called True Crime. Um, I did a really bad uh, movie called Ready to Rumble. Um, with uh, David Arquette, which is about wrestling, I did. I remember him uh, very
0: I, well. Yeah, he was. Yeah, ro- well, Rose. you know
1: him, but but not yeah. the movie. Like, <laughs>
0: <it's> not the movie. <laughs> <terrible. laughs> That's it.
1: Then, yeah, like a game show called Crush. I mean, it was. Oh, Andy, I worked on such bad stuff, but yeah, but it's um, a broad, it's a broad it spectrum, it's a broad
0: experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it was fun. I loved it, and and but the one thing about it what i was constantly envious of the people who were in front of the camera <laughs> but i didn't have the guts i didn't have the i didn't have the self confidence i didn't have the 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 courage uh, you know you t- being in your 20s in la like yeah. unless you are drop dead stunningly gorgeous and willing to do all kinds of surgical procedures on yourself yeah i just i didn't i didn't have that Oh uh, so that, that's yeah, that th-
0: this is a point that I I'm, I'm really interested in because you know the whole basis of this podcast is about how how do you change, you know, points in your life where you think I you know I can't do that. How do you how do you how did you as an individual, how did you get to a point because I, I know now because I've met you doing doing acting, but how did you get to a point where you overcame that? and you you became confident enough to actually do it
1: you know I I wish I could say I had an epiphany or or um I I you know I don't know someone said something to me and I went oh of course it was more just age really it came with age I having two kids getting married um friendships just aging has given me that confidence I've been able to do so many things and I think I look back and and now go wow I'm actually a lot stronger and a lot more courageous and a lot more self-confident and have better self-esteem than I ever realized and yeah. that's what you would want to say to your younger self right yeah um do, but do, do, also... do you think
0: that comes along with having children because you're thinking about what what advice would I want might would I want how can I give my children great advice if I'm not going to follow the same advice?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I mean, I have two boys, so yep. I know that I know that boys deal with self confidence issues and self esteem issues as well. And I think it'll be interesting moving forward um, with my two boys because they're quite young uh, uh, on how to deal with their experiences with that. But I also have a, a goddaughter who is so incredibly self confident at eighteen that I am blown away by her abilities. <laughs> I wish I had been like her. When yeah. I was her age, because she nothing phases her. And I'm just in awe because her mother, who's one of my best friends from the age of fourteen, both of us were these cowering, like lack of self-esteem, lack of confidence people. and And how she produced this amazing human is, yes, incredible. and i and I give i I think banks, who's my friend, is I owe it or Marty owes it all to her because clearly banks has also overcome her issues. Because Banks has had, a, and I mean, that's a podcast in itself, Andy. I mean, Banks' life has been a holy cow. That's a whole other podcast. But, you know, I think what Banks has overcome has shown her daughter how strong women can be. And I think so few women show how strong they are. But I think it's changing now, right? I think Yes. Back when in the 80s and 90s, women weren't supposed to be strong. We weren't supposed to be assertive. We weren't supposed to be um able to stand on our own two feet. We were supposed to get married and still have babies and and you know, try to balance some sort of secretarial career but not necessarily do anything that's going to interfere with raising kids. And and now there's so many much so many more strong women who are incredible examples for younger women, but there is still this issue of well, why aren't you at home with your babies or why aren't you having babies or wait, you're having babies. Why are you working? And, and it's, it's still, that's still an issue. I think that so many women have to deal with. And so I hope someone like my goddaughter is going to grow up to be able to push back on that and go, you know what, I can do what I want. And I have the confidence in what I'm doing. And I don't need you to tell me about having babies or getting married or whatever, you know, because I think it's still, our generation my generation I think is is starting to really help younger people to go no 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 it's it's all changed because when I was a kid it hadn't changed and now it's we're all pushing for that change
0: Yeah I I, I completely understand wh- what you're saying I I was um, I mean my upbringing my mother is a very strong person we always say you know our our Irish Our Irish background, very much like a matriarchal family, where the women, the women have, you know, a strong input, and that they really guided all of us, you know, the young men, you know, and gave us a a direction and what to do. But, um but you know, I when I speak to my mother, you know, she's such a a talented woman, has so many, you know, strong woman has so many things that I think she, she would have liked to have done, but as just on the point that you've said, it just wasn't. It didn't seem appropriate in her time. She she always felt like she couldn't she couldn't do things. It what it was more of a masculine world, and you know sat sat back and didn't follow her own dreams. And you know I think I think when I look at her and speak to her, I think she she regrets that. And I I have two young girls and I really do try and encourage them now to to do what you do what you want to do do what you choose you know follow the path that you think is right
1: yep absolutely absolutely and and I think it's great that you had that experience with your mom because my mom was very much a wait till your father gets home so it was always very much we were terrified of my father and yet we didn't have much of a relationship with my mother because she didn't want to you know she wasn't the most (laughs) loving of people she is i'm not i'm not knocking my mother but you know it was there was not this encouragement of you can do anything it was sort of like you know you'll meet a nice man someday and you'll get married and it'll be wonderful (laughs) (laughs) yes well maybe i don't want that but maybe that's what i'm so you know that was definitely a goal in my life and looking back while i'm thrilled about it i love it
0: that's right that's
1: been it right so, was your
0: was your father around much when you were younger tamzin
1: yeah absolutely he yeah. was he was around it but he you know he worked and then um he retired quite early um because he didn't like working <laughs> so
0: right. yeah.
1: um, financially they were able to do that but um yeah he 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 definitely was the disciplinarian and so i've i've never had a relationship with my father that you see um well that i saw lots of other daughters having with their fathers like i don't sure. i don't have a relationship and so if you watch you know some show on tv that involves a mother a father and a daughter i it, it's a, I do get a bit of envy because i was never the apple of my father's eye or you know yeah. none of us were none of us my the girls were and i think um yeah we we none of us have very close relationship with my dad yeah he's, I just, he's a perfectly just, nice guy but you know yeah
0: <laughs> yeah you just didn't seem to build that relationship just touching on that do you, do you think do you think that caused you any unhappiness that you carried into adult life?
1: Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I I definitely, um, one of the reasons I live so far away, Andy, is I'm much happier (laughs) not living near my parents. Look, I love my parents and I think they did the best they could, but they were incredibly old fashioned and yeah. And um, we were raised with the children are to be seen and not heard. If, if an adult walks into a room, you stand up, you introduce yourself, you offer your chair, and then you back away. Um, yeah. you, you don't engage unless you're spoken to you eat all your vegetables, sit at the table, be quiet, you know, this kind of thing. And, and, Bye. um and I think my dad, my dad was very much, uh, you know, he liked us clearly, he had five of us. But I think, you know, he, he always he always had some sort of ailment, so there was never a lot of playing in the garden with us or going yeah. we go on holiday and he would sit while we all did activities or whatever. And 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 part of it I think was self-imposed. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I just I don't know. I because what 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 uh, I'm
0: really interested in about you and why I asked you to to come on and and and, and talk and talk to us is uh you know my my experience of meeting you is you you come across as a very confident person that is very in tune with who you are as a personality and um you know what you're what you're what you're telling what you're telling us now is that you know that's that's not the Tamsin that you remember as a child no
1: no, and how how do you
0: how do you think you've, you know, you've you've mentioned age, you mentioned getting older and experience, but do you think there's any other significant things that happened to you that change that that perspective on life and that you're gonna do things differently?
1: Oh, look, I think even just leaving um and getting yeah. away and getting that space from my family or from my parents, I, I think made a massive difference. I I went to boarding school, so that when I went to boarding school, I I really disliked my parents until I went to boarding school. And then when I went to boarding school, I kind of understood, it it kind of came clear what they had been trying to do, you know, trying to push me to do my best. So I started to sort of respect my parents, not necessarily like them, but respect them for what they were trying to give me. Um, And I I still do respect my parents in the sense of, of what they've given me, the education they've given me, Um, and I, and, and in stepping back, I realized that, yeah, I mean, I, I've gone to therapy for, for issues with my parents. And I I think a lot of it is, is, is just working on knowing that what I decide to do with my life is not wrong. It's not, um, incorrect. Um, and how I raise my kids is not wrong or incorrect. My parents might not agree with it, but I don't need them to agree with it. And it is a lot of, it is a constant conversation with myself about yeah. it I do talk a lot to myself about it's okay if my kids don't have perfect um table manners that's all right like but we were raised to have these table manners and it's like if my kid doesn't sometimes I see myself getting frustrated and it, it is it is a constant conversation and yes kids has changed me a lot Andy having kids yeah. has changed me so much because it's made me look at how i was raised and then how i want to implement some things but definitely not all of them and i think that's where the work has come in on myself of what happened with you know the the sort of um what's the sort of casual parenting that we had it was always the fear of the, the fear parenting rather than the the conversational parenting, I guess you know, like yes. we were always in a constant state of fear of if we're going to piss off our parents, what's going to happen? So, what can we do to make sure that doesn't happen? Whereas, I don't want my kids raised like that. So, it's you know those kind of situations and knowing and understanding that that's how I was raised, and I don't want to implement that to the same extent. That's, right? So yeah, that's yeah, I it's think, just a constant work. Yeah, just constantly working.
0: I think people can really understand that. Um, one of the first interviews that i did in fact i think it was the first one was with um an nlp therapist neuro-linguistic programmer and he uh he he told me some stuff that during that day just about the how your brain is like a piece of software
1: Mm.
0: and you can reprogram it and this was all amazing to me um you know i had been to see uh you know i've been to therapy it's not it's not sort of looks on in the same way it is in America. I think anybody in in Britain that goes to therapy, people think, wow, they've got problems. <laughs> you know, whereas my brother explains to me, most of his friends, he said they go on a regular basis, they go and speak to somebody, they have a therapist and it's really it's looked on as a really positive thing. But he this this guy was was sort of telling me that, you know, you can reprogram yourself and you can change things and you don't have to just accept that the way you've been programmed by your parents is the is the way forward um you know he he wasn't sort of uh he wasn't sort of pushing me towards becoming uh in in, into getting into scientology but you know i could understand what (laughs) yeah i could understand what he was saying you know that i i didn't have to look at what my parents had told me and say this is this is the way it's got to be. I can I can make my own decisions and I can I can try and adjust things so it's it's in a perspective that I want it to be.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I, I think that's that's one of the hardest things though for people is is unless you grow up with perfect parents and nobody's parents are perfect. But I think yeah. you know, I, I think everybody has their issues with their parents, good right. or bad. Um, but it is it is something that you either have to work really hard at changing or maybe not so hard. Or maybe you've had a really great experience with your parents, but you still want to make things different for your kids. Who knows? That's right. Uh, you know, it. I, I don't know about anyone else, but even to this day at 47, I, I still seek my parents approval. And if I don't get it, it's it is it it, it hurts my heart. Right. And I think, why am I still trying this at the age of 47? Why? Why am I still like? you know, my mom doesn't email me for ages. And, and all I get is like spam from her, you know, watch this video of cute kittens or something. And I'm like, I've told you this news and that news and sent you pictures of my kids and I get nothing from you. And then I finally get an email from her and it's like, oh, mom emailed me, you know, and I think, oh my God, I'm 47. Why does it matter? Oh, yes. But it's still this need for approval. And and part of me hates that. <laughs> I know I don't I, want to I, care no I, I think yeah. everyone
0: can relate to that though Tam is in your right. it's I think no matter how old we get we we still do seek that approval don't we yeah
1: yeah it's it's yeah it's hard that's that's one side that's definitely not um the easy side of of my family but you okay. know I, I think again it's it's living living far away means that I can I can separate myself which is healthier for me and it makes me a a happier person and a a more a more satisfied person and and then when I do see my family because I'm in a better headspace I have more fun and and we enjoy it and we also keep it short (laughs) yeah (laughs) nothing too long
0: (laughs) yeah I just just going back about your journey as well I I I understand your husband he's, he's called Damien is that right
1: Yes. 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 Where, where did yeah. you meet
0: Damien? And, you know, how did you end up in the UK?
1: Right. So um, I met Damien about nine months after I moved to Australia. And he so Damien is an Aussie as well, but he was born in Brisbane. And then he was uh, brought back to the UK when he was only 18 months old because his mom was really homesick. So um, she and her her husband, my obviously my in-laws, um, they mo- went to Bristol.
0: Bristol yeah no, well from. I used to live there
1: yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a great town really it's lovely beautiful they've city re- yeah done such a nice they've done such a nice refurb to to it it looks amazing yeah um so yeah he was in Bristol till he was about seven and then he moved um up to Wokingham which is right near where I live now and um and was there until he decided to go to Australia because he had a passport and all of his friends went go to Australia leave <laughs> go yeah. and have some fun <laughs> so yeah so I, I met him through a mutual friend at a pub and um, yeah, so he's so, but when we, we were there for 12 years um, and we both, we had our boys there and then we from almost pretty much the night I met Damien, he talked about moving back to the UK eventually because he's very close to his family and his yes. parents are amazing. I adore my in-laws. Um, his sister is lovely. She's got three kids herself and um. And so I liked the idea of, of being close to one side of the family. Um, and so the kids would have those cousins and that, and those grandparents. And <clears throat> cause I loved, I had one set of grandparents that I was really close to growing up. So um, I wanted my kids to have that. So I did encourage that. And, and when we finally did decide to move, it was a really hard decision because Australia is amazing and, and it's, yes. the weather's fantastic and the people are lovely and, yes um, but we but we made that choice and and we don't regret it but sometimes it is still it is still hard when the weather's shocking and it's yeah, really U- cold UK you think.
0: weather I, I bet you're both just sort of looking at each other thinking who's whose reasoning was this to to move back, back to the UK was it his or was it this mine your
1: fault. this is your fault your no, fault. <laughs> <laughs> no um, I think I mean we know it was a great idea and, and we see yeah. the kids we see the kids with their cousins and their grandparents and, and, um, yeah, we know we made the right decision because it's, it is so lovely that they're all
0: together. Yeah. And, and, and that just leads me into just talking about how, how I met you myself, Tamsin, which is, uh, which, which is a project that we're both involved in called run over, um, an American TV pilot series that we, we met on. Um, so how did you get into that? How did you? How did you get? What's your story? How did you get into acting? What? 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 Eventually got you into it, and how did you pass that threshold? Where you thought, "I'm going to apply for this. I'm going to do it."
1: Um, you know, actually, it was COVID, and I—that's I, the one thing that came out of COVID for me is—is um, is that I lost my job. I was working in travel. Um, it was a good, perfectly good job for a working mom, and um, and but I never liked it. <laughs> And when COVID hit, um, you know, out of a job, fine. And then there was that, you know, sort of around August, we had that a little bit of a lift and we had some friends come to stay. And my friend was like, oh, are you are going to try to get to work? And I was like, no. And he said, well, where do you see yourself in 10 years? What do you what do you want to be doing? And I, I couldn't answer him at the time but it really made me think and I was like where do I want to be in 10 years I mean that I'm going to be 40 I mean 56 like what do I want to do or 55 I guess at the time you yeah, um, know if
0: you're anything like me I, I, you don't want to think about that
1: <laughs> no you don't <laughs> right? why, why
0: why are you what? asking me these questions
1: <laughs> I know I'm going to be old that's where I'm going to be no oh
0: man. yeah <laughs>
1: so, you know, I just thought I always wanted to do this, and why not now? Like, why not? I'm, I'm in my forties. I'm so much more confident. I'm so interested in this. It, it would still work with kids. Who knows how long it'll take? If I do it now, it's a slow build. And then when the kids don't need me as much anymore to be home to make them dinner, I can be out doing what I love. And, and I do. I mean, it's like a. I don't know about you, Andy, because I know you, you started about the same time I did but it's like a little addiction like I I I did my first thing and I was like oh, oh I want to do that again and, and again yeah, and again I, and oh my gosh it was I just... think
0: you um I mean for me it was it was you know because I was teaching English and film studies and teaching the theory of film studies for 15 years to 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 get onto a real film set it I, do, I I wasn't prepared for it but it was just amazing as you said it was it's a real addiction I think if you if you have that interest it's just amazing um some people as we as we probably know they're just like why, why are we sitting around so much what are we doing you know and they don't they don't enjoy it as much but I think people like me and you we just like being part of the production and we find interest in it and speaking to people and you know, trying to work out what, what our next role is going to be. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's it. But with run over, I mean, I, I just fell into it. There was an advert and I, I, I answered it. That was it. And I, I thought, Oh, well there, they said they needed someone who was tall and a boxer. <laughs> I was like, well, yes. I box I'm tall. Yes. So, <laughs>
0: I'm a blind. This has got my name written all over it.
1: Oh, absolutely, but I didn't actually think someone would call, and and Sam Sam did the, the yes. casting director, and and so I you know took my pictures and did my self tape, and 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 then they wanted to meet me, and I was just like, what? <laughs> okay. So, so I, I'm
0: I'm just going to stop you there because these, these are the points that you know during these interviews that I'm really interested in myself. So you 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 made the application. Yeah. and you you didn't expect anybody to contact you and how did you, how did you feel when when you know making that application you did get someone contacting you how did that make you feel can you remember
1: yeah i felt i was amazed and i was so excited like i yes. was like wow they actually want to meet me okay great so yes. you know i practiced and everything and i was i was i was so nervous though i was so nervous but i was of like course. oh, i have to be confident because i'd done an, an, a couple of other um auditions that had not worked out and and so but as (laughs) you know in this business they 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 don't don't always always work out out, that's a good
0: that's a good way of describing it they don't always more often than
1: not they don't work out so (laughs) so I was like excited and nervous but I was also like well it might not work out Uh, yeah so you know and it was I do remember it was so Sam and Jan so Jan's our directors you know and 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 Sam they were in a cafe and they were on two separate computers but sharing the screen and and all i could hear in the background was people steaming milk who <laughs> trying to do this it's like <laughs> and i'm screaming profanities like, <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> brilliant i know yeah yeah Try, I'm trying, to, trying to trying to trying to ignore it and get into character
1: i know right and uh, and then at the at the very end and they and, you know yon gave some really good direction and i i thought i thought i followed it well and so i felt pretty good about the whole thing and then at the very end they go can we see your hair I was like, okay <laughs> so i let my hair down so this is
0: all going to depend on what my hair looks like
1: I, well this is it then they're like great thanks we'll be in touch whoop and i was like <laughs> oh, and i
0: i, I <laughs> bet you, i bet you spent the next hour looking in the mirror at your hair thinking what does my hair look really? like does it look should all right? i cut it like is it too
1: long is it not long enough Like, <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> brilliant no yeah and thing- and i think you know just <sighs> Just, just um, you know, going back to the purpose of the, the podcast, it, it, it's very much for me about those, trying to find those moments and share them with people where you you make that decision and it doesn't have to, you know, it seems like a big decision when you're talking to people about these stories. You know, the same with me, you know, that they'll say to me, well, how did you do that? Well, you know, I can see that it seems like a really massive decision that they think I've made, but you know, it, it comes to a point where if if I don't do this, what are the other options for me? Just to carry on and be be unhappy, to to carry on and just think, you know, in ten of as we've said, ten years time, oh, I wish I'd done that. I'm I'm bloody older now, I've got more more wrinkles. I wish I'd had a go ten years ago, and I I didn't want to reach that point. You know, I just I just decided myself, probably a bit like you. Th- this is the time, and I think that comes to everybody. And you just got to grab that moment. Amazon, haven't you?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm so glad I did it, and, and I do actually think I wish I'd done this years ago. I I do think that, but I'm I'm so glad that I went ahead and did it now. Like, okay, it took me to this point to do it to grab that but yeah I, I i can't even imagine sitting in that office again you know making phone calls and trying to sell student travel like it <laughs> just course. sounds mind-numbing soul suckingly boring and i i'm yes. as as, so for, as, for, hard some
0: as... Pe- for some people that's possibly their dream yes, and you know absolutely. And, 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 and god bless them and more power to Ooh, them but if that's not absolutely. For, if that's not for you 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 have to make a change tamazine
1: absolutely that's it you have to make a change if you feel like your life is not going the direction you want it to go it's so important to think about what you want to do you because you only have this one chance right unless you're a buddhist and maybe you're coming back (laughs) you don't have another chance you you, this is your life and and you want to be happy you want to be excited and i know you know even my kids i don't know it was probably a couple months ago on totally separately like the boys weren't together totally separately they came to me and said we're so glad you're around mom you're so happy and it was just like wow because I'm not doing that job and I'm starting to do something I'm so interested in and I love and I'm keen on as as hard as it is and as 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 much as we struggle and as much as we get knocked back and 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 often have self-doubt and 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 you know, struggle with the constructive criticism, I think it, it, I wouldn't want anything else. And, and the fact that my kids recognize that I'm in such a better place mentally that from where I was pre COVID, I guess that, you know, it's, it, yeah. that to me is affirming. And I think everybody needs to do if they can, if they can, and, and clearly not everybody has the luxury. And and I've been very blessed to have that luxury of a husband who makes a good living and, we can afford for me to follow what I want to do. And that brings me my happiness, but not everybody can. And I, and I, and unfortunately, I wish there was something I could say like, well, just do it. If you can, if you can't be happy, like in the sense of finding your perfect job, then make sure you take time to do things that do make you happy, spending time with your kids or reading an amazing book or, or writing, or even getting one of those adult coloring books. I mean, anything that brings you some sense of calm, or happiness, or gives you a chance to do some self reflection. I mean, anything is, is, is so important to take time out for yourself. If you can, you really need to take care of yourself. And that's that I definitely have learned as well, since COVID is finding that time for me. So exercise, I mean, even if you go out for a walk for 15 minutes, I mean, anything to bring that your head back to yourself and and make sure you're okay because that's going to reflect I I think I think what you've
0: just I think what you've just said um it's 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 probably that question that you weren't looking forward to um (coughs) that that I ask every every guest that comes on about their top three tips (laughs) to help people that might be feeling they need to make changes I think you've, you've you've hit on you've hit on quite a few there have I? Oh, yeah, I think you've saw that a question. Few. It was like,
1: oh god, what am I going to say?
0: I know, I know. I think it's... you've on quite a few there, buddy.
1: <laughs> oh look, I, I, I don't know. It's it's so hard because I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I know everything. I don't know anything. But I, I just think, if I if I've learned anything, it's it's taking care of yourself because it has made me a more content, happier yeah. person. I'm, I don't get as. I mean, clearly, I still get angry at my kids when they frustrate me, and we all get angry at our kids, but. Um, you know, I, I'm, my relationship with my husband's better. My relationship with my friends, my family, my kids, everything is better because I'm doing something I love. And, and it also gives me time to do stuff with my kids that I love. And, and again, especially in this moment where energy prices are skyrocketing, rocketing, petrol prices are skyrocketing. The, the people are feeling such immense pressure and stress but i did read an article today where you know that one key thing that they said multiple times was turn off the television stop watching the news and focus on yourself and what's going on in your life because it might not be as bad as you think and i think that's really important because i think there's so much negativity pouring into our lives from social media and from the news and from other people that we get really overwhelmed and and I mean, I've been panicking about the, the rising costs of living, and 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 I can only imagine what people who really are already watching their pennies now. It's like what, what are you? Huh? And and the news people going, dah, dah, dah. it's overwhelming. And I think if you can step back, turn everything off, sit down with your your partner, or if you're you're single, sit down with yourself and look at everything, all your outgoings, all all the things going on it actually might not be as bad as you think. And then you can explore options to help you. And then you can use those options to then work back to finding that level of calm and happiness that you need to achieve to continue forward. Cause
0: I, I think people will am-
1: get stuck in their stress.
0: Yeah. I think that's amazing advice and, um, and, and very similar to to a lot of the people that we've interviewed um, you know what you've said about watching the news the quite a number of people that I've interviewed have said you know don't spend too much time on social media give yourself a break you're not getting a chance to look at the real world around you you know do, do some meditation to go for a walk one of one of the great pieces of advice was was drink more water And it seems such a basic piece of advice, but I started doing that and I felt so much better already. I just had dehydrated. I'd been for many years. Amazing. It's
1: No, it's so true. It's, it is, it's watching your diet. I mean, even cutting out a little bit of sugar, like don't eat as many cookies. I mean, well, at this time of life, when there's, with all everything going on, I don't have a problem eating a cookie. But you I, love know, cookie. I, just think... I love
0: cookies. Me and my brother have a we have a running joke about cookie hand. We because oh. the cookie the cookie jar used to be on the top cupboard, so you were always having to reach up for the cookie jar. No, <laughs> so we, we talk about oh, uh, did you have cookie hand tonight? Because uh, we oh. we always used to get up in the middle of the night and just eat loads of cookies. But <gasps> yeah. I know, oh, terrible. God. I've managed to get a little bit of a hold on that, but but yeah, just take. <laughs> taking taking some of the sugar abuse out of your life and drinking a bit more water is always a helpful thing i think
1: just it, like you said water will improve your brain function That's and right. i don't drink don't <laughs> i need to drink more but That's i right. yeah it does it does help those kind of things little tiny things it's little tiny things what can and just just to you.
0: finish just to finish off our, our chat to, today um tamazin I just wanted to ask you another thing. I always ask people about is is about the type of books they read. I don't know whether you are a reader. Um, oh yeah. But, but but what books are you currently reading? Are there any recommendations that you could make?
1: Oh, I am. I read pretty much anything. I love I love reading. I I mostly stick with like chicklet um, because I I also can't retain anything. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> that's, I, that's I another love, age thing i think
1: yeah <laughs> so um yeah look i i mean my my right now my bedside table is is the second uh thursday murder club so um right. the man who died twice which i'm really enjoying i just i love i can't even remember his name richard Linklater, or me um yes. he's it's such a good book but i i mean i love like uh, i'm probably gonna say her name wrong jody pickles and and um because she's she her books are she does so much research into the subject matter and then writes these amazing stories around the subject so it is it's non-fiction the subject matter is non-fiction but the story is fiction and and you just get sucked in and it's one of these books you just she always keeps me just guessing the whole time yes. um but I also love Lee Childs and I'm a massive Jack Reacher fan so when the new Jack yeah. Reacher came out on Amazon I was like he's so good looking <laughs> so but i do i also really enjoy one of my favorite books was um i was just looking at my bookcase there it's uh, It's called the great deluge which was about the um the massive flooding in, in new orleans uh in 2005 okay. yeah and because i lived there that was that really hit home and um yeah i don't mind a bit of non-fiction but mostly i read to just escape so i i don't read anything that that takes up too much brain power
0: yeah (laughs) just like
1: brain candy
0: (laughs) yeah books that help you switch off i guess
1: yeah yeah absolutely and i'll just read every night before bed and and if i'm really into my book i will sit on the couch and steal some a couple of hours
0: if i I don't have anything else to do i love that (laughs) man. which is rare (laughs) which is rare
1: (laughs) if i can find it i do
0: yeah don't tell anyone listen tamazin uh it's it, i'm really super pleased that you agreed to come on today and uh such a lovely chat uh i always enjoy chatting to you we, we've had a few a few zoom conversations now over the past few months and it's, it's always a pleasure to chat to you and and again we'll we'll have to we'll have to come back and and do it all again in a, in a few months and um and just see I where found we're at me. yeah we we've got to we've got to find we've got to find Twaini.
1: Oh Andy, look! Thank you so much for talking to me. I've I've so enjoyed it, and I'm so glad we've met. And you're just you're just a gem. I I absolutely adore you, and I'm, oh, I'm mate, so glad we're friends. You. And I'm so looking forward to our, our our night next week. And oh, it's gonna be fun. But yeah, this has is been amazing. Be it's been such we're, a good chat. I really we're gonna make it
0: fun, mate. And we we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it come to life
1: absolutely it's, gonna, gonna, it's gonna blow everyone's socks off when it comes when it comes to fruition
0: exactly and then and then all those people that thought we were going to be nobodies when we were kids they'll 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 learn
1: <laughs> that's right that's right you will see me at the baftas Woo!
0: We'll, we'll be in your face we're right, right in your right. face that's right <laughs> right thanks so much Tamsin and I will uh, I will see you next week
1: thank you Andy I really appreciate it looking forward to seeing you in person
0: God bless you